CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. We are live from downtown Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Had some winners last night. Let's try to push that along and roll it into today. Got a really fun show on tap. I know it's my guys in the desert, but we're going to start things out with my girl in L.A., Danielle Alvari, in just a little bit. Tank Williams, NFL vet, now Yahoo NFL analyst, will join us throughout the show, get his feel for Super Bowl 56 coming up next week. J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington and Nick Alberga, NHL broadcaster, will be on the set with us with All-Star Weekend, kicking things off here in just a couple of days in Las Vegas. But... Before we welcome in our wonderful guests, let's get to our top five stories we need to know that impact us as betters. Obviously, the big news over the last 24 hours has been the allegations and lawsuits filed by former Dolphins head coach um, Brian Flores this week. He also claims that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross incentivized losing, that Ross offered him $100,000 for each loss during his first season with the franchise in 2019 to tank for the overall pick. Now, this obviously calls into question the competitive integrity of the game. What we rely on is better somebody with a direct impact on ties to how this game will come out with bribery. Uh, that'd be a major problem for a league, obviously, that has now recent ties to gambling entities. Former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson also implied on Twitter that his former owner, Jimmy Haslam, paid him to lose games. So with regards to Flores' claims of racism against the league, the NFL did release a statement saying that his allegations were without merit and that each team named publicly so far in the suit has denied Flores' claims as well. So definitely something important for us all to keep an eye on there. Number two on our list, the Wolverines.com's Chris Ballas reporting that the Vikings are expecting to hire Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh as their next head man. Harbaugh had an in-person meeting with them today and is familiar, obviously, with GM Quezzi Adolfo Mensa after the two worked together in San Francisco a couple years ago. The 58-year-old Harbaugh appears to be headed back to the NFL after a half decade in Ann Arbor. His former team, the San Francisco 49ers, their current quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, reportedly expects to be traded this offseason, something we all saw coming, but with hopes to uh, to have a say, rather, in where he lands. Jimmy G telling reporters he's excited about the opportunities to come and just wants to go to a place where they want to win. The San Francisco spending a pair of first-rounders and a third-round pick to trade up for Trey Lance. This was almost certainly going to be Garoppolo's last year with the team, regardless of how he played, and he did play well. As you look at his odds for his next team, San Francisco is still the odds-on favorite at plus 200. Steelers without Big Ben there at plus 400. And the Commanders... 
not used to saying that yet. More on the Commanders in a moment. They're also at plus 400. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts undergoing surgery on his left ankle today per NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Hurts played through the injury late in the season in the team's playoff game with the Bucks, but it did affect him. The Eagles brass has been adamant Hurts would remain their guy in 2022, and while obviously not etched in stone, getting the procedure out of the way early this offseason would allow him to be fully recovered by OTAs in spring. The Eagles 40-1 to to win Super Bowl 57. As I alluded to moments ago, number five on our list, Washington football team, no more. Call them the Washington Commanders. They were the odds-on favorite a month ago at DraftKings at plus 140. Other names, admirals, keeping with the football team, Red Hogs, Armada, Defenders, Brigade, Presidents. But Commanders is where we settle. And team co-owner Dan Snyder, who brought the franchise and who bought the franchise in 99, had previously resisted calls for the name change from Redskins, said in a statement as an organization, they're excited to rally and rise together as one under a new identity while paying homage to local roots and what it means to represent the nation's capital. Mixed reviews so far online. And, and let's get a review of our first guest here as we bring in long friend of the show, uh, Danielle Alvari, now host of the LA City cast and, of course, also an arena host for her alma mater, UCLA Bruins. Danielle, what are you thinking of the, the new digs and branding for Washington? First of all, I how do we keep matching? That's what I want to know. No, um, anyways. <laughs> It's two shows in a row now. Uh, Commanders, meh. I mean, you had to pick something, right? A lot of people like just the Washington football team, but obviously I don't think they've seen The Handmaid's Tale because I don't know if they would have picked it otherwise. But uh, for me, you know, at least they picked something. That's brutal, Danielle. And with regards to our outfits, great minds think alike. Commanders, it's just, I don't know, what were they supposed to do? I feel like their options were very limited and they did the best they could with what they got. I will say the black is giving me ASU football vibes, though, for sure. Um, I want to talk some L.A. football with you. Obviously, Rams in Super Bowl 56. You cashed your plus three and a half San Francisco ticket, but Rams getting the win in the NFC Championship. How do you like them against Joey B and the Bengals in Super Bowl 56? Joey B has been a profitable quarterback for betters. Really, if you look at it, he's 12 and four ATS ab against above 500 opponents, making him actually the most profitable quarterback in the NFL since he was drafted number one in 2020. So it's hard to bet against a Joey B. I like to believe that the Rams are the better team here. And I thought that four was kind of disrespectful. This opened around three and a half and we're already seeing it up to four and a half in some spots like bet rivers has it at minus four and a half now in favor of the Rams. So it looks like the public agrees with me that a lot of people want to jump on the Rams train here. That said, you actually posted this on your Instagram story the other day. VSIN kind of made this graphic about how underdogs have been so successful in the Super Bowl, especially as of late. So as far as covering the spread in a game like this with literally everything on the line against a really, really talented young quarterback, now getting up to four and a half, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that the four and a half is a huge difference in terms of uh four or even three and a half, but it's starting to get up where you're kind of like, I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to cover this. Maybe this will be a field goal game. Maybe this will be a shootout. Yeah. I mean, considering every other Bengals game so far in this postseason has been a field goal game. Why not one more? It really just has been incredible. The turnaround of the Bengals over the last couple of years and even Joe Burrow overcoming that ACL and what he has Really excited for the Super Bowl, but obviously still a week away. Um, and we've got some teams in L.A. in action tonight. The Lakers and Trailblazers going head-to-head -head at Crypto.com Arena, which, by the way, I'll just never get used to saying, just Commanders, 
no longer Staples Center. It's just weird for me. Anyways, the Lakers from three and a half point favorites to four, even without LeBron James dealing with that knee injury. Do you like them to end the skid tonight? And, and more importantly, obviously cover. This is a game I did not want to touch at all. It's a game that if I'm going to take a side, it's going to be in game for me. That's the way I've been playing the Lakers all season. And that's been with LeBron in. So now the person that I'm betting on is not really in the game. It really is kind of going to be an ugly situation for me. I haven't seen the total for this game just yet, actually, but I'm thinking that this has to be a really, really high number because we know that the Blazers, the one thing working for them is their offense. They're 15th in points per 100 possessions. They're 11th in effective field goal percentage. But on the other side of the ball, they are just dead last in defense, really, in the league, an opponent effective field goal percentage and an opponent's points per 100 possessions. Plus, they're missing four players due to injuries that required surgery, including Dame Lillard, Larry Nance Jr., Cody Zeller, Nasir Little. So really, this is a beat-up Blazers team. On any given night, they can score points, but that's about it. And then on the Lakers side of things, LeBron James is also your best defender on that team. The one kind of rotation that's been working for this team is that small ball with LeBron in the center, and they're not going to be able to do that. Yes, AD is back, but if history has shown us anything, they survived pretty well staying close to 500 without him. So unfortunately, not making as big of an impact as he should be similar to Russell Westbrook. So just all in all, just a disappointing Lakers team. And this, because LeBron's not in the mix is a game. I don't really want to bet on except for, I mean, maybe there's an overplay to be made here. All right. Well, keep me in the loop on the in game as you're betting lately. We'll be, we'll be texting later. The number I do see for the total as of right now, 223 and a half, a big one tomorrow though, for your Bruins taking on number seven ranked Arizona. The, the bees of course bumped them down from their number three ranking just a week ago with that 75 59 beat down at Poly pavilion. What's your expectation for the rematch in Tucson? Is it UCLA again, or does Arizona kind of get that revenge spot? I haven't seen a number for this yet. I'm interested to see what it's going to be because obviously Arizona, huge home court advantage for them here. You don't see that a lot in college basketball in general, or really, I mean, anywhere anymore, but Tucson is one of those that I think is actually a pretty good advantage for this Arizona team, especially because Arizona is such a young team. It's full of freshmen, you know, a couple sophomores and a senior sometimes in the mix. And we saw that when they were in poly pavilion, it's almost like the game was a little too big for them. We saw them making, you know, the kind of mistakes that freshmen make. And so I think they're going to be a lot more comfortable at home. So I'm interested to see what this line's going to look like. I had Tim Murray on the pod yesterday. He said he thought this might even be Arizona favored by, you know, or UCLA rather favored by something like five or something like that normally. But I think that Arizona is still going to have trouble against this UCLA team because as of late, I mean, they've only played one game since then. It was against Arizona mm -hmm. state and Arizona state bottom tier of the PAC 12 held them to 67 points. So they are having trouble shooting in that game. They went three of 23 from three. So if they have a big bounce back in their shooting, then maybe we see something competitive, but I think they're going to have the same struggles because even though UCLA has also not been shooting well versus Cal versus Stanford, they're the more experienced team. They're going to grit out a win and they're going to find a way to win even without their leading scorer, Johnny Juzang, who hopefully will be back in the mix. Oh, really good insight. Appreciate it as always, Daniel. Danielle, thank you for hopping on. Everybody, make sure you check out the LA City Cast. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yep, and happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day yes. to the show, also produced by a woman. Let's go. Shout out Stephanie Kamershack. You are right. Happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day to all. And hey, we've got a great event that's coming up at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas next Friday. 
February 11th at 6 p.m. Join me and join our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Vinny Maiulo, Jimmy Vaccaro. We're going to have a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game. Get their stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. It's a free event. Everybody over 21. So, again, stop by the South Point Friday, February 11th, 6 p.m. You get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale, specials on Budweiser. You purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books and learn from these bookmaking experts. So much fun. I'm I'm really, really looking forward to the event. We've got a meeting about it tomorrow. Can't wait. On the other side of the break, we're going to take a deep dive into a certain Super Bowl prop that's gained a little bit of steam over the last couple of years by the public. And Tank Williams will join the show to talk about some bets that you can actually put, you know, logic to make a little bit more sense than the one I'm going to present you with. But it'll be fun. I promise. Stay with us on VCD Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, this segment brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, they're spit free, and available in 10 different varieties spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, many more. Plus, for your convenience, Every variety also comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Rolling along here earlier this week. I promised you all, the wonderful people, that I would do a little workup on a Super Bowl prop bet that has gained some steam in recent years. And let's call this Stormy Does the Research so you don't have to. Which color Gatorade will be poured on the Super Bowl 56 winning coach? We've got some of the odds boards up for you from an online book so far. Orange plus 210, current favorite. That has been dumped on the Super Bowl winning coach times over the last 12 years, most recently in Kansas City 2019. Yellow, also an occasional winner, sitting there at plus 350. That one popped up last Super Bowl 52 on Eagles coach Doug Peterson. Clear actually holds the record for the most consecutive years being poured on a winning coach. It's happened four straight years on two different occasions, Super Bowls 27 through 30 and 39 through 42. But 
Ether suffering the second longest drought to Red, which tell me why Red has never been used. Fruit Punch is like one of the most popular colors purchased in the country. They're plus 500 along with Purple as your longest shots. Blue's been the winner two of the last three years, which included with the Bucks last year cashing at plus 650, a real long shot. Another little note though, team colors might be a negative trait. So if you think, hey, I like the Bengals to win this game, I want to bet on orange, or see if blue for LA goes three for four as a longer shot, maybe not so fast. Since 2001, the color of Gatorade for the Super Bowl winning teams has only matched a main color scheme three times. Yellow was used on Mike Tomlin last time the Steelers won the Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick got doused in blue twice. So. This is the information I know you people need. For as much like data as I'm giving you right now, though the real strategy is there is no strategy unless you got an inside man, but it's a very fun item to bet and it'll be available at more books, I'm sure, very soon as we get set for the big game. Um, as we continue our Super Bowl 56 talk, let's bring in our guy Tank Williams, NFL vet turned Yahoo NFL analyst. Tank, when's the last time you threw Gatorade on a game-winning coach? Oh, man, probably Pee Wee League football. That was my dad. I mean, I think we dutched them up real good. We probably shut out a team or something like that. But besides that, uh, I can't think of one. But I would go for green if I had my choice. Ooh, changing it up. Yeah, you got that. Because that's a threefer, right? You get the green and yellow kind of like mixed in together in one option. I like where your head's at. But Pee Wee football, I'm surprised you could hold that thing, man. Hey, I was strong. That's why they call me tank. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. Well, let's get to a little bit of ball here. I know you liked the Rams to win the NFC Championship. You did get your way there. How do you feel about them, though, in the biggest game of them all? Matt Stafford taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, who just continue to literally defy the odds this postseason, winning as underdogs the entire way. Yeah, one thing I said on a couple of shows is that the odds of the Bengals being in the Super Bowl is crazier than Patrick Mahomes coming back against the Bills in 13 seconds. Like what Joe Burrow has been able to do, given the state of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise, I mean, we call them the Bungles for I don't know how long. I mean, they won four games last year, and all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. I didn't think they'll beat the Titans. I didn't think they'll be able to beat the Chiefs the way the Chiefs won that game against Buffalo, so I feel stupid doubting them now. I feel like their offense is just as explosive as the Rams. I feel like their defense is opportunistic enough to win them the game if necessary. The only thing that kind of gives me a lean towards the Rams is if you get straight into the X's and O's, you've heard a lot of people talk about it, that Rams defensive line is one of the best ones in the NFL, and the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is one of the main deficiencies on that team. So if those two things play out the way they should, then I, you know, I expect the Rams to win. But honestly, like who would bet against Joe Burrow at this point? I know I would. Who day? Not those same old bungles, right? Yeah, it's been really, really fun to watch. And you're exactly right, though, when it comes to the trenches. We saw Joey B get taken down nine times against the Titans because that offensive line couldn't hold up. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, a tough task, but it's going to be a really fun game. I hope that it is a battle, no doubt. In terms of the total, we're seeing it right now at 48 and a half. Any lean for you in terms of the way this game will play out from an under or over perspective? Yeah, with the total at 48 and a half, I would definitely go over. I mean, I expect the Bengals to score a lot of points on offense. It seems like no team has been able to really slow them down. And I feel like the way that the Rams like to play offensively, obviously they're a run team that loves to set up the pass, but I expect them to toss the ball, 
toss the ball around as well. So I think those two teams going back and forth should get us over that 48 and a half number fairly easily. With regards to Super Bowl MVP, what's your perspective on this award? I know typically it is a quarterback heavy win. Um, Matt Stafford yeah. and Joe Burrow are your favorites um, atop the odds boards right now. But do you think there's potential for a receiver, for a Cooper Cup, for a Jamar Chase? Or you talk about the strength of the defensive line for the Rams, an Aaron Donald, or a longer shot on the board. What's your perspective on betting Super Bowl MVP, if See, at all? there you go. See, the latter part of your statement is where I would go. Obviously, I mean, if, if Cooper Cup has a really good game, more than likely Matthew Stafford has a good game, so the quarterback's going to get it. If the Cincinnati Bengals win, more than likely it's going to be Joe Burrow if he has an amazing game. But... If you have a really close game and Von Miller has five sacks or something Mm -hmm. like that and he gets a sack to seal it or Aaron Donald does the same thing or Jalen Ramsey gets an interception or a couple in the interception to kind of seal the game. From that standpoint, you may have one of those low-hanging fruit guys come in and steal it and you'll get really great value there. But as we know, the eyes on favorites are always the QBs. And so unless something crazy happens, Either Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford is going to get the award. Hey, but of the non-quarterbacks to win it in recent history, our guy Von Miller is one of them, so he's done it before. It would be crazy to see if mm-hmm. he did it again. Um, in other NFL-related news, uh, my team, San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo um, is said to reporters recently, obviously he expects to be traded. The writing has kind of been on the wall for Jimmy G throughout the course of the season as soon as they drafted and traded up to draft Trey Lance. What's your expectation in terms of maybe a best landing spot for a guy like Garoppolo. You know, I was thinking through those different scenarios, and, I mean, a few teams jumped up to mind. Washington, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Denver. I feel like these are all teams that kind of fit what Jimmy G wants to do. He says he wants to go to a team that has a fighting chance mm-hmm. to win. Even though some of these teams are in flux, New Orleans is going to have a new quarterback. You have a good team in Washington that has a solid defense and has some skilled position players on offense that can thrive. If they have competent quarterback play, I feel Pittsburgh's the same way where they have one of the better defenses in the league. Denver has a really dominant defense and a really strong running game. And I feel like that's what's key for Jimmy G. He needs a really strong running game to complement the way that he normally plays on offense. He's not going to go around and sling it like Burrow and some of these other guys, Patrick Mahomes. He needs to be a complimentary player to an offense. So Denver would be a really good landing spot for him if they can make that happen. Yeah, I was going to say, if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams don't swoop it out from under him, right? Because that's how the, the yeah. rumor mill always works. Um, but remember one key thing, though. You have John Elway in Denver and John Lynch is in San Francisco, two Stanford guys. Mm, there we go. There we go. Love it. Um, it's just because you mentioned Washington a couple times there, what do you think of the, uh, the new commander's name? Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, I really don't have I'm, – I'm kind of indifferent on the name and the uniforms. I mean, I think the uniforms look good. I'm indifferent on the name. I feel I was more passionate about them getting rid of the old name than mm-hmm. anything else that they would do. I was fine with the Washington football team. I would have been fine with the Red Wolves or Commanders, anything else that they would have decided to select. But I feel like this is a good change for it. I feel like they've made some really good hires, whether it's in the front office or – Hiring Ron Rivera as a head coach that have been some other steps in the positive direction. So hopefully this 
uniform change to kind of build on that momentum and they can start getting some wins in there. I remember when they were a dominant team in the 80s and stuff like that, and we haven't seen anything close to that lately. So hopefully they can get back on the winning track and start to bolster up that NFC lease that's starting to turn back into the <laughs> NFC. It's turning Dallas around. Well. Yeah, it's turning around a little bit as a league. But yeah, there were such high expectations, I feel like, particularly for Washington's defense that they just didn't lead up to. Only got about 30 seconds left with you here, Tank. But what about Taylor Heineke? You think that, I mean, he's got one more year under contract. Do you think that he's the guy for Washington for another year? I mean, he could be. This really isn't a strong draft, and he's shown that he could be a competent quarterback. He's shown that he can go up against the likes of Tom Brady and win the game. So from that standpoint, I believe that you can have a fighting chance with him, but is he the answer to your organization? We see if you go and get a guy like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, those type of guys, then they can really propel you know, your franchise. So from that standpoint, I don't think he's the guy, but he can be a guy to be a good placeholder till you get the quarterback that should be able to lead you into the future. Really good perspective on that. Appreciate the time tank. You're awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always enjoy coming on. Yeah, you're the best. That's Tank Williams, NFL analyst over at Yahoo Sports and, of course, former longtime NFL vet. Um, when we come back, we'll actually continue that Washington conversation. I almost called him the football team. I almost already slipped. I didn't do it. More commanders talk on the other side when J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington joins us. And I've got a hidden gem college hoops play for you tonight. Maybe not on some of your radars, but we'll get it on it today. Drink smooth, draft smart, make it count. Join the action on football's biggest Sunday with the final football face-off presented by Jack Daniels. Play free fantasy football for your shot at a share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Daniels now to set your roster before game time. Jack Daniels, make it count. 21 and older only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And please drink responsibly. I love me some Jack Daniels. Who doesn't? Nice little Jack and diet. Now listen, tonight in college basketball, I know all eyes are going to be on the big ranked teams. Villanova, Marquette, Wisconsin, Illinois. But sometimes you get more value when you search for those hidden gems. And I think I found us a diamond in the rough tonight. And it's coming from the Missouri Valley Conference. I love Illinois State. Plus 15 at Loyola, Chicago. Now, this line just feels super inflated. Illinois State's been underrated in the betting market for a while. 9-3 ATS their last 12 games. Loyola, Chicago, meanwhile, trending in the opposite direction. They've covered just once in their last five and haven't covered a number in any of their last six games at home. No secret, Ramblers are the much better team. They're 16-4 on the year, 9-1 at home, taking on a sub-500 team. Um, but good teams win, as we say, and great teams cover I think that the, the Redbirds here, their perimeter shooting, their junior guard, Antonio Reeves, are going to make Loyola a little bit uncomfortable. I think that, you know, you're going to see Loyola Chicago win it outright, but that the Redbirds keep it within around 10 take. Illinois State plus the 15, our hidden gem play of the day. Now, sometimes in the NFL, we get news that's controversial. We get news about injury updates, but sometimes we get fun news. And we did today learning that the Washington football team would no longer be their name. It is the Washington Commanders. Hello, Commanders. And we say hello to J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington, who covers the football team day in and day out. What do you think? Give me the lowdown. Um... 
I think it's fine. I, I, I'm not exactly enthusiastic, but the bar is pretty low here in Washington, and not screwing up is, is a good day. So I, I don't think they really messed anything up. Um, I think if they can ever win on the field consistently, I think fans will rally behind the name. And um, I think the jer- I think two out of the three uniforms are pretty cool, so I, I think they did pretty good. Okay, so what's the one of the three you don't like and what's kind of the general buzz been around the city with the announcement today? Um, the buzz is like a, a decaffeinated coffee, I would say. <laughs> it's relatively, relatively buzzless. Um, it's, either, it's either buzzless or people are mad. There's not a lot of people mm. that are very happy, um, which is kind of natural, right? Like people are resistant to change. A lot of fans here don't think the old name should have ever been changed when I think if you look at kind of the evolution of our society, it obviously had to. Um, As for the uniforms, Washington's always been burgundy and gold. Uh, They introduced a black uniform, like an alternate look that is really cool that I like a lot. I like the burgundy. Um, It's just a clean, simple look. The white uniforms are trash. The white uniforms look like... um, a couple of years ago when the Atlanta Falcons did their rebrand, imagine Nike designed two uniforms for the final decision and the Falcons picked one and the other just kind of went back in the, into the design closet. They rolled that out and just gave it to Washington and just saved the time and money of designing a new uniform. I love, I love that. And that you had no qualms, not trash, put it's garbage. It's awful. Um, love yeah, that. take. No burgundy and gold and there's no gold on the uniform yeah it's red and black i gotta ask before we move on to the football side of things did you know the reporter in the helicopter who got the preview and posted the video of the commander sign the other day yeah that's the station i work for that's nbc4 oh, dc that had me cracking up that was so good you guys are so that's a, the investigative journalism it didn't necessarily have uh, team officials cracking up, though. Oh no! I, yeah, don't doubt that. Okay, we will. We'll skim over that. Move on to the next. You're good. Um, with regards to you know looking ahead to next season, obviously this year didn't pan out the way that people had hoped. The two and six start, all of the expectations about the defense being so dominated, and they weren't um, early on. Books have them at fifty to one to win next year's Super Bowl. How competitive, realistically, do you think they can be? To win the Super Bowl, the only way they can win the Super Bowl is with a monster trade for a established star veteran quarterback. If if they can somehow move Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay or, or Russ Wilson or, or Deshaun Watson, sure, I, I think they become in the conversation. I think defense is oftentimes fluky, not in the players you have, but the performances because it's in, in – you know, yardage per game and points per game are, are such a result of a confluence of factors. And what the Washington football team did really poorly was create turnovers, and offensively they turned the ball over a lot. So the defense was bad this year. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. They were bottom five in just about every major statistical category. But I can see them turning things around defensively next year if their offense can perform a little better. And this past season they faced – Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott twice, 
um, Russell Wilson, I mean, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they faced a ton of really good quarterbacks. Their schedule for this upcoming season is very, very different. I mean, they're playing the, the AFC South instead of the AFC West. That's a big advantage. So if you can add a top, top-notch quarterback, and I'm not close to convinced that they will, but I do believe they're going to try. If you can add a top-notch quarterback to this team, all of a sudden it gets pretty interesting. I know they're going to swing big at quarterback, but it's hard to pull off. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question to you because I know last year they tried to get into the mix for the Matt Stafford mix, right? And then they have Taylor Heineke under contract for another year. I know the guys really believed in him, but he doesn't really give that, you know, ability of being a number one franchise type of a guy. Um, But who do you think would be maybe the the best target acquisition for them? I mean, the best, the the player, the, the dream scenario that makes the most sense is Russell Wilson right? Because he's an elite playmaker. He's a star. I get the, it it seems like he wants to get to a bigger city and DC isn't New York, but it's DC. Mm -hmm. Um, there are, I've heard speculation and maybe it's wishful speculation by fans here that, that his wife is interested in politics. Russell Wilson, what this team needs more than anything, they just, you know, they've got a new name, new jerseys. They need a face of the franchise. Russ is that. And he'll put some butts in seats. Attendance is terrible here. They're almost last in the league. So if you can pull off Russ Wilson, that's your dream scenario. I just I, Rogers is better. I don't see Rogers coming here. It really it, in any way. So if you if you can get Russ here is the dream. Deshaun Watson to me would be my number one target. But there's so much off field context there that is unanswered that I think this team, considering. Tomorrow, the United States Congress is holding a roundtable on the uh, investigation mm-hmm. into sexual misconduct. Like, I, I just don't know that they can bring in Deshaun Watson. And then if you, if you get a tier below or, or two tiers below, I mean, you guys are in Vegas. You can tell me, I don't understand on what planet you guys would want to deal Derek Carr. But if you do, Washington should call. <laughs> After that, Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz, I, I'm not – I don't think those guys get here and are demonstrably better than Taylor Heineke, not to mention both of them have injury history. Like, like if you trade assets for Jimmy Garoppolo, you give up a second and a fourth, whatever it takes. Like you're probably still going to get four or six games of Taylor Heineke. Is that worth it? To me, I'm not sure it is. No, that's a good point. Jimmy G with the injury history that he's had, he is currently um, for his next team odds that have come out recently, the football team, they're sitting at plus 400. Um, Just with regards to the draft real quickly, before we let you go, got about a minute, minute and a half with you left. Number 11 overall pick um, this year. What's the position of need you think the football team needs to be targeting in the draft? Quarterback by mile, Uh, unless they, unless they address it in free agency in a big way and not in a, you know, we've signed Mitch Trubisky to a two-year deal way. Um, it's got to be quarterback. I think they could even trade up for a quarterback as the Do you think, real quickly, do you think that the class is strong enough to jump in to try to get a quarterback in the first round? No, but it doesn't matter with quarterbacks because they always go way higher than they should. So <laughs> it's not, you don't get to, like, shop relative pricing, right? you got to shop quarterback pricing. No doubt. That's a, that's a really, really good point. Hey, JP, we really, really appreciate the time that you spent with us and uh, great sleuthing by your station this week to get the lowdown on, on the commanders. Looking forward to seeing what's next for Washington.
Thanks very much. Say hi to Tim Murray. Will do. We love our guy, Tim. Tim and Sean King, hosts of the Nightcap here on VEASAN from 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific, 10 to 1 Eastern. Great program. Love them. Um, great insight from J.P. Finley as well on the, the future and outlook of the Washington football team taking a next step with the new name. Now let's see what they're going to be able to do on the football field moving forward and compete in that NFC East. They don't want to be the NFC least anymore. But speaking of all things Washington sports, when we come back, we're talking NHL. News coming out today that Alexander Ovechkin, star for the Washington Capitals, came down with COVID. He's not going to play tonight against the Oilers or All-Star Weekend. Nick Alberga of the NFL NHL Studios podcast, Fantasy on Ice, will join us right here on the set in just a little bit. Stay with us on My Guys in the Desert. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. You know that v is the best place to get all your betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our betting experts. Visit v slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action the year and we've got some great NHL action coming up this weekend NHL all-star weekend taking over Sin City Vegas so happy to have Nick Alberga with us on the program uh, fantasy and betting analyst also co-host of the NHL studios pod- podcast fantasy on ice easy trip in I hope yeah it was good but uh, I'm a bit shocked by the weather here I will say it's that cold. coming from Toronto I'm like it's kind of cold <laughs> and I shouldn't you, you know. didn't expect you were going to have to pack your jacket for Las Vegas well, in February, did you? So you follow me on Twitter. That was my big conundrum last night. Uh, the anxiety was building as the hours going by. What kind of jacket do I bring? And I brought my pea coat. So. I need to ask you at the Golden Muzzy. Never got this question before. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. No, it was, it's pretty simple. I've been asked a billion times, but I'm obligated to. I no, no, it's fair. No, it's fair. We were asked to make um, Twitter accounts back in school like a decade, 11 years ago, and it was November. I like growing the mustache for uh, November research and all that. So it came in a bit blonde at the time. So I was like, how about the golden muzzy? Not thinking it would stick and become yeah. a brand, and now it's become a brand. So That's great. Hey, yeah. the, your trademark, it reminds me of like my first AIM. Did you ever have an AIM, yes. like an AOL yes, account? Yes. I was stormy weather tonight. 
Uh, wow. Yeah. ICQ back those days. Probably remember, shouldn't remember tell that? people that. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> nah, All-Star Weekend. Um, it'll be fun. We're going to link up tomorrow at yeah. the Fan Fair that starts Thursday, goes all throughout the weekend. Then we've got the skills competition Friday. The game's coming up on Saturday. And there's a lot of different betting angles for people maybe that haven't bet All-Star Weekend before. Um, kind of cool that there are three games and it's three on three. So it's a little bit of a different setting and a lot more goals you expect to be scored in those games versus a typical NHL. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be pretty much like a practice or a mm-hmm. scrimmage where there's a lot of offense. And I, I think that's the biggest focal point of this weekend. Number one, it's awesome that we're in Vegas and Sin City and incorporating that into the skills tomorrow night or on Friday night, I should say. But more so for the kids. Like, that's what I love about this weekend in general. I know people are upset about, hey, we should change this and we shouldn't have that. But I, I just care about the kids. And to see the smiles on the faces on some of the kids on the flight today, I was just like, this is unbelievable. And I, I could only know how I felt back in the day going to one of these things. Oh, my gosh. It looks like it's going to be so yeah. much fun. One thing that's super cool and unique, like you said, they're doing it up Vegas style, is that they're going to, like, take little boats on the Bellagio yeah, Fountain awesome. to do the skills competition. Yeah, no, like, I, I think it's great. And, and we were expecting that even since Vegas entered this league. Look, I was here in the cup final a couple years back against Washington, and I was just blown away by just, I'm in Vegas in June. I'm at the club at night after the game. Like, everything's working my way. Excess, marquee, whatever. Uh, But just the fact that I could watch hockey in Vegas, and it's really thrived. And it certainly helps that, you know, the team is really, really good and a a cup contender this season. But, yeah, I love the fact. And I wasn't shocked that they're incorporating Vegas into this whole All-Star Week and the theme, at least. I'm a little bit bummed that you couldn't be here last night because, like you said, we were going back and forth on on Twitter last night that your Alex Tuck anytime goal cash for the Sabres against the Golden Knights. Yeah, so that's another big thing for me, people who know me. I'm big into revenge. And the revenge factor being, and it's an angle in betting. A lot of people know that in any sport that you gamble on. Just the revenge factor of a former player playing a former team we know Alex Tuck Peyton Krebs yesterday returning to T-Mobile Arena and you got to jump on that especially a guy the attachment Alex Tuck had since Mm -hmm. day one here in Vegas I'm like this guy's getting a point he's getting a goal so I jumped on that and I was happy about it yeah when he when he broke the stick on the two-on-one on on the first period I was like we might not get it tonight (laughs) but he ended up cashing so that was a lot of fun Um, just one more thing though on the all-star portion um, before we move on with the divisions, um, we're not going to see Alex Ovechkin anymore, yeah. unfortunately. He came down with COVID-19, so he's not going to play tonight for the Caps against the Oilers either. Um, not going to be able to come out here to Vegas. Connor uh, Nathan McKinnon, yeah. with his facial fracture, is going to be unavailable. Strength of division for these games. What, who do you think has the edge? Obviously, it's, I mean, star-studded. but mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Like In general, I like the Central Division a lot this season. I think there's some wild cards in that division. You know, Minnesota, Kirill Kaprizov's outstanding. People don't really talk about the guy. I don't think he gets the exposure maybe he deserves. So maybe if you're looking to play an angle, look at some bets. Maybe you look at the Central. Uh, You know, obviously a division uh, I'm quite fond of and know quite well. The Atlantic Division, the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs. you got the big boys in that division. Mm -hmm. Austin Matthews, you know, Vasilevsky. Like, there's some premier talent everywhere in this league, but I think you look at the Atlantic and the Central. Those are the two divisions I'm looking at. Well, because you did mention the Wild and Kirill Kaprizov, we do have five games on tonight's slate. Um, You can get in on uh, Wild playing at the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Uh, Cam Talbot in gold for the Wild. Marc-Andre Fleury expected to go at it again for Chicago. Any feel or lean on that one? Yeah, you got to go You got to go Minnesota. Like, they're a premier team in this league. Uh, you know, Chicago's had their, their ups and downs throughout this season. I think it's quite clear they're not a playoff team. They're like a seller by the deadline so 
I'm probably looking at Minnesota in that game. And if you want the extra juice, maybe you look at regulation as well in that one, Stormy. Chicago only won six of their last 17 mm. games. It's, it's, not been good. A, it's been a tough stretch. I hate that for my guy, Marc-Andre Mark Fleury, though. He's such a fan favorite here in Vegas. And it's just been it's been tough for him. He has to play like every night, too. You want a hot take? Let's give it. Vegas traded the wrong goalie. Ooh. Boom. Shots and we'll, fired. And we'll see what elaborate, happens. Elaborate. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in the Stanley Cup final. But Robin Leonard has not had a good season. Marc-Andre Fleury has been excellent, uh, especially uh, since they made a coaching change in Chicago, won the Vesna last season. I get the age factor, but I think they really miss him here. And we'll find out if they do truly in the playoffs, too. No doubt. He's a, a very unique person from a leadership standpoint yeah. as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, Vegas, by the way, got three players in the All-Star game. Do you know how that worked out with Jonathan Marcheseau getting in this morning? It, it, I think it's just more so like personnel and circumstance, if okay. that makes sense. Like, the guy's here. <laughs> He walks so over. I'm at the arena. Hey, how's it going? Love like, Johnny Marchi. Yeah. He'll make He's had a great year, smell. though. Yes, he yeah. has. Uh, Alex Petrangelo and Mark Stone, uh, captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, also the other All-Stars from Vegas. Tonight on the docket, though, as I mentioned, Oilers, Caps. Um, this one, overnight, the Oilers were getting plus money. Not anymore. Um, but who do you like in that one now that Ovi can't play? Yeah, so I jumped in on that last night. I took the Oilers, uh, the back-to-back for the Washington Capitals. Remains to be seen who they start, of course. Uh, Vitek Vanacek started last night, got injured, so Ilya Samson off took over big big you know morale victory against the rival in the Pittsburgh Penguins and then you add the fact that Ovechkin I think I'm going to Edmonton tonight they're 3-0-1 in the last four games are starting to cook and when you have McDavid you have dry settle and now Evander Kane in the mix I like them tonight yeah what do you think of that acquisition interesting well my big question like I think from a fantasy point of view and a DFS point of view like Evander Kane's going to do some stuff especially the attachment of Connor McDavid Kyler Yamamoto on that line right now like it adds so much more depth to that Oilers roster but I just wonder can can the guy play goalie <laughs> because like that's the biggest thing with Edmonton they can't make a save and while Mikko Koskinen's been hot as of late it's not sustainable long term Mike Smith is getting up there in age uh, Stuart Skinner is really really young like he can't be that guy just yet I think they need to go out and get a goalie so where I'm coming at is saying they use a bit of that cap space to go out and get Evander Kane, but I think when he falls in your lap, you sort of have to do it. So I like the fit. From that. Okay. Um, it's been a weird season for the Oilers because they started off pretty strong. Yeah. thought, hey, maybe this is the year that they get over the hump. Then they went through that super long lull. I think they lost like 13 of 17 games for that one stretch. Yeah. And now seem to have turned the corner, you think? Yeah, they have. And and I, I just think it was a bit of a deflating loss the other night. Like, it's it's Ottawa. Like, with all due respect to the that Ottawa That was Senators. so annoying. I bet on them. On yeah, them. I, I know. And, and, and a lot of people did. And, and then you just, you can't lose games like that. If you think you're a perennial contender, number one, and a team that should make the playoffs, Ottawa's a team with a two-thirds of their top line right now, right? Like, you, you have to find a way to win that game. I know Matt Murray was really, really good, but I... I think they have to find a way. And now you, you can't lose points, especially in the second half. So I wonder from that point of view, I think it's paramount. Like if the Oilers don't get a goalie, I wonder if they get into the playoffs, which is it's sad to say because they have the best player on the planet, right? A little bit of a scary thought, mm. no doubt. I mean, that one-two punch with Leon Dreisaitl too yeah. is just insane. Yeah. Um, who do you like to win it all this year at the midpoint? Okay, so I was cautioned I, I get this question, so I'm always prepared, as you know. Um, professional. So, yes, so professional, uh, the broadcaster I am. Uh, Colorado, <laughs> obviously Colorado's going to be on that list. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are on that list. Um, I got a deep sleeper for you, and I wonder how you feel about them, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I'm, I saw Greg Wyshynski was yeah. pushing that as well. Yeah. He likes the Blues. He thinks they're sneaky. Yeah, I, I've been calling the Blues a wagon for like two months. Like I, I just, number one, love the depth. Um, number two, the emergence of Ville Husso, their backup goalie. Jordan Binnington's had an off year, a tough year for him, fresh off the contract extension. 
They got depth in the back end. Tory Krug's had a much better year this year. And up front, I think, is where they set themselves are, uh, apart from other teams, especially in the Central. And we'll see how they stack up against like a juggernaut like Colorado. But I love the depth of guys like Barbashev and O'Reilly and Tarasenko's had a great year. And Jordan Cairo is here at All-Star Weekend. And, and Robert Thomas. Like, There's so many guys on that roster. And as we saw a couple years back, that's what wins in the Stanley Cup playoffs is the goal from the fourth line. Maybe back when was like a, an Alex Steen, right? Like mm-hmm. a guy like that, you need them to be successful in the playoffs. And not to be long-winded, like until the Stanley Cup champion loses, I, I think they're the team to beat. I really like the Tampa Bay Lightning again. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could you not as yeah. annoying as it is for them to go again? But I, I like your take with the Blues, especially yeah. because certain pieces on that team Remember what it's like to go from worst to first uh, not too long ago. So yeah. no doubt. We really appreciate you joining us with joining us today. That's Nick Alberga of the Fantasy on Ice podcast presented by NHL Studios. Check out all of the action for NHL All-Star Weekend coming up soon. That's going to do it for my guys in the desert. Danny Burke and Rush Hour are coming up next. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.